Hello, everybody. Hi. Hello, everybody. Hi. Hello. 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 We. It's kind of awkward. That we've never really figured out a way to start, have we? In all these years. I feel like I'm sitting way far back behind you. You might be. Yeah. But okay. I like this backdrop. I like that you can see my chandelier, which is really. Um, can you in the video? I don't think you can. You can. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Al Curtis, Ask the Pool Guy. Sandy Mackey, Side Ask the Pool Girl. of Ask the Pool Guy. Yes. What are we doing today? We are sitting in the speakeasy. Formerly known as the basement to the... Root cellar. Of to the, the steampunk mansion, which is what we call our office. Right. This so, is a really cool space. To catch you up on the pool guy lingo, <laughs> the steampunk mansion means the office. Which is an 1883 brick home that is just magical. It is. But we call it the steampunk magic ma mansion because of the kind of the styling. What we collect, how we hang it. Sandy's got an amazing eye for interior decorating and she takes stuff and makes it really cool and it kind of has that steampunk-esque feeling the colors are, are really interesting and this space down here which became the speakeasy was the root cellar it and it's sensational it is amazing it's like a cozy living room speakeasy because it's fun and the steampunk aspects steampunk is a genre that you know that we've built some pools in it's a style that incorporates things that you use as other things. A lot of metal, gears, different mechanical looking pieces that do different things. So I take some liberties with the description steampunk. Basically anything that I can use for something else and use spaces in non-traditional ways or things in non-traditional ways. That is a lot of fun. Well, more specifically, steampunk as a genre is the industrial age and steam-powered equipment smashes with Victorian England. So you have that Victorian style of clothing mixed with everything related to the industrial age with gears and motors and just stuff like that. Anything that would have been steam-driven is what's technically steampunk. And that's that's been elaborated. That's been stretched to a lot of different things. and. We kind of have our own use for it, but if you looked at a traditional steampunk theme, it would be Victorian England smeared together with uh, with in the industrial steam age, basically. Right. When we talk about the office, we're talking about the mansion. When we talk about the warehouse, we are talking about the pole barn, which we use as our warehouse, which currently houses Dagny the Dragon. <laughs> along with the collection All kinds of, of cool stuff. lighting and plumbing parts, pool supplies, pool equipment. When you say lighting, you can think of. And then you say plumbing and pool parts. My mind goes to pool lights. And really what she's saying is just this array of incredible light fixtures that we can use to light up a yard, to light up a space. Lanterns and stuff from ships and stuff from planes and stuff from wherever we could collect it that we could turn into light fixtures. Mm -hmm. That's all housed in there as well. Of course I'm looking at our cash register right now 
the vintage National Cash Register with the big buttons and the big display that big would have been in a high-end department store mm -hmm. or the general, uh, general, general store, store. Mm -hmm. on the big counter. And then I'm looking mm -hmm. at our mailboxes, which it's a bank of mailboxes. There's three different sets and three different sizes. They're gold and they might become the nice base for a desk as I'm trying to redesign how to fit two computers and four screens into my office. And why would one need two computers and four screens in one office is rather interesting. It's because one computer is not fast enough to do what you want to do with video, so you need two. So you have two computers working simultaneously, which increases productivity, but also it allows you to jump back and forth, I think, is the idea. Yeah. Now it's just creating the space to make that look cool and do it. Well, once you edit a video together and then you save it in the format that you can upload, it takes time for it to process that file. And while it's processing that file, you, I cannot be working on another video file. So that means, kind of, if I'm in the zone, sure, I could go look at Facebook or Ooh, email or something, but then I would get distracted. So I really would like to be able to simultaneously kind of have one series of videos going on one computer and another one on another computer so that I can jump in between and make it go So what well. you're saying, in this crazy world that we live in, you still touch video? You don't just have a source that you source it out to? A minion and, that does the video? Well, either that or yeah. most companies find this this need to export it. and hire somebody to run their social media or do their video work or post their blog or do all of those types of things and yet what I'm hearing you saying which I know to be true is that your hands are on all of it is that it's to be at the authentic voice of who we are it has to come from us yeah and the us in this particular case is you it's typically me on video but it's you in the editing mm -hmm. editing room i.e. in front of the computer. You know, on that note, we have had some people that have worked with us and done some video editing. What I find is you can hire somebody to do it, we can hire someone to do it, but it doesn't go as quickly as it would if I were just processing that same information myself. and. It's a little bit more difficult sometimes to explain what you want and then have somebody edit it and then perhaps they're waiting for approval to put it up. So I find that we do take a lot of video. I'm not going through the time and the different styles of edits that I know Katie is putting into as she's producing the pirate TV show. For our purposes on social media though, on YouTube and Facebook and the different ways that we share information, it's important that we get the information out. So if somebody is in a position where they're running a company and they're thinking that they are too busy to be able to do their own social media, I would say that we're still not to the point where we completely have to outsource it and we run a pretty streamlined substantial. yet substantial mm -hmm. company and it just it takes a little I, bit of time I think knowing knowing how long we've been playing in the social media world I think we hit on it early on 
that let's not export it, have someone else do it, number one. But if you do, number two would be have them be in-house. There's this desire to go, I'm just going to pay somebody, some expert, some guru, some whatever out there to do the work. And it's just, it's not the same. It's not the same authentic voice as if you were working in the company and part of your task was to do this stuff. Mm -hmm. You've already got the heartbeat, the feel, the emotional connection to the work that you can then put into those posts. Right. I do think it's important. If, if you're not going to do it yourself, have someone in the company, inside the company doing it as much as possible versus outside. Right. We were on a coaching call the other day with uh, the founder of a company, kind of a newer startup, although they're getting some age under their yeah. belt. Mm -hmm. And we have been marketing slash business growth coaches to um, this team for several years now. So it had been a little bit since our last talk. I know they had to realign some things, had a new branding. Um, they needed to do new branding and things like that. So they're rolling out and ramping up again. And one of the things that he had mentioned on that call was they attempted to hire somebody to do their social posting. And it's someone who does social posting for another company and they liked what she was able to do for that other company, so they asked her if she could work on theirs as well. And he said, even with the brand identity, kind of the guide, and how they wanted their flavor to be, it just never translated well. So they ended up taking it back on themselves as well, which I know sometimes it's a relief when you finally think that you find the solution. You know, okay, finally I can delegate some of this. And then to have it come back on you, it can be a little bit daunting, but one piece at a time. What's the next most important thing and is I, how to approach it? I think this is it's important to keep it in-house as much as possible. Because how many times, again, we've been around it a lot. However, we can see when we are in the social media world, we can clearly see what's not being authentically posted from a company versus what's just being produced. There's an awful lot of people that we know on the social media realm that aren't producing their own stuff. And maybe the average person doesn't see it, but I know you and I see it and realize that's not their authentic voice. And to me, that's a disconnect. It may be a tiny disconnect in some cases, but it's still it's a disconnect from being the authentic self and doing what it takes to present yourself authentically. And that's where trying to keep it in home as much as possible. I know we're all busy and I know there's a lot of stuff going on, but I think keeping it in-house help, certainly helps us. And, you know, we do outsource some stuff on occasion to Katie, but Katie has been inside the company for so long and worked directly for us for many years, and now she's out on her own, but she's still so tied to the company that the culture is, much, is, is as much of who she is as a person as it is what our company culture is and it's because she grew up in it and she worked in it and, and again that helps us when she puts out anything video related to the pool industry is she's been in it for many years she's been submerged in construction and service and building just all of that has been a part of her life so we have that advantage that when we need to outsource we outsource in some cases to someone who has inside information but more importantly has inside culture knowledge you can tell people we could sit down with a consultant that's going to do some social media for us and say, well, our company culture is this, and here's what we like to do. They don't get it. 
until they're immersed in it, until they're a part of it. And I'm not talking about sitting in on one team meeting and woo-rah, kumbaya, this was great. But when you see that day-to-day -day interaction and you recognize that there's culture is based on day-to-day -day interaction, not one event, not one time you meet, it has to be throughout. And I think that's where the authenticity matters. And I know we, you and I have been in the coaching, consulting world and the social media aspect for quite a while, on and off. You know, as much as we're running and building a swimming pool company and doing really cool things, we've also extended our knowledge to help other people do it. And it takes a long time for, for people to really get it, that they need to be authentic. I don't know why that is. Maybe because everyone's so guarded about everything about themselves that they have to look a certain way. It's vulnerable, it and is. often people think there's got to be another way. Well, there's a vulnerable thing happening right now that just came across the computer an hour or two for, ago for me, and I'm just tremendous, feel tremendously vulnerable about it. And sure, I could put a smile on, but it's still, it's all personal to me. Social media and feeling S vulnerable. Social have you ever felt that no, way before? No, never, never have. Have you ever felt that way before recording this today? only a thousand times. However, today was an additional vulnerability thing. So just a few hours ago, I came across the computer, there was a Facebook post that our company was tagged in, was mentioned in, so I linked on it, and it turns out that it's a supplier in the industry doing a contest comparing, vote for this pool or vote for this pool. And Again, I'm really proud of our body of work and I'm really proud of what we do and it's very different than the, than the average or typical custom pool. It just has a completely different flavor. And here's our legendary escapes pitted up against... An Infinity Edge... An Infinity Edge... Southern very California pool. Southern, yeah. yeah, Southern California very pool. Very nice. Really, really nice pool. Technically yeah. beautiful pool, yeah. but really different in style, really yeah. different in culture and everything else. And it was just one of those moments of the <laughs> next six days, I'm going to have to see this come across my post, and it shows right on there the two side-by-side, side, and then the ranking, the percentage of votes, one versus other, and the number of votes. And... Of course, knowing it's a social media popularity and contest. Of course, at it this is, and, and, and that's and that's okay. And it's fun, yeah. And where wherever it goes doesn't really matter. <laughs> it's just in the moment of it. I'm like, oh, you know, why me? And it was why me, not why company, but purely why me because it's it's like it's me on display. And I know it's really a whole group of all of us. But sometimes I take that stuff really personal. If I'm going to take the full credit, like I do on things, I also have to take the full vulnerability on what the net result is. And it doesn't matter the outcome. I mean, it's it, it ultimately is what it is, and it's all about just generating traffic. So, do, you, do you know the contest? And you're welcome, by the way. So there's... There's this cute uh, social media... Seriously. Okay, so I'm hearing this for the first time. I'm... I have a feeling that this is it has a little bit of context to it that I didn't know anything about. Uh, perhaps. Okay. <laughs> because Great. I often suggest co coordinate a lot of things yes. and I might know a little bit more. So the contest, anyway, is they are pairing a series of they selected eight from Facebook world slash the country. So they have eight pools that are kind of going like head to head in this social media 
voting kind of thing, and we're one of the eight that were chosen. Which so of the two that are compared, then the winner is going to get to paired with another one. So I don't know, kind of like a sports bracket kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so you're welcome. <laughs> so I guess the, the bright side of that is one out of eight is a pretty good, you know, whole universe thing of how many pool companies could have been selected. However, getting back to the vulnerable part, <laughs> social media oftentimes will make you feel a bit vulnerable. But that's who you are. You're real. I, I wish, no I don't, but I kind of say this, I wish that I could just be this strong guy with no feelings and no emotions and no whatever, and yet that's not who I am. I'm a strong guy that has emotions and has feelings and has those vulnerable moments of being judged. Do you have feelings? Just a few. Okay. Uh, I, I am likely to cry at things that are really sad or sweet or cute and, and I, I'm okay with that. But in the world, sometimes putting that face on is just, it's a bit of a challenge. Because socially I'm supposed to be something other than that. I have heard from a lot of artists that a lot of artists feel vulnerable like that, whether your medium is painting or sculpture or industrial art projects or music or graphic design even, you know, there's art to that. Anytime that you produce something that other people see, there's that chance to be vulnerable. Well, that comes up for me when the first time we decided to do a reveal party of here's a project we finished, let's invite all of our friends and our potential future clients and people that we know, love and trust to come and party here, to be a part of it. And I remember the first time we did that was just tremendously vulnerable for me. I wanted to hide in the, in the truck the whole time and just sit back and let people do and say what they wanted to say and I didn't have to interact and hear it. Speaking and of, I was just thinking about that party because one of our um, close people in our sphere, actually our accountant, <laughs> was auditing our website to see a little bit more about what we had going on online and catch up on some of our projects. And he said the one thing that he noticed we don't show a lot of is people using the pool. And we joke about the fact that it takes us an hour to clean all the pool toys out of one of our pools to be able to take photos so that we can get the aesthetics as we built them. And now I'm going to go back through. Good thing we have an 3,000 terabytes of stuff. I'm exaggerating, but I have a lot of terabytes of stuff. But we've got all that cataloged, so I can go back because that pool is still very relevant. It's still a, mm -hmm. an award-winning Master of Design pool. It's been several years now, so of course our everything is has gone on. We've gotten better. Yet that party, I've got some great images of everybody that was there enjoying mm -hmm. it. So mm -hmm. social media and your website, it comes back around. That's the other thing I think that people get paralyzed with. So we did that party and we posted the content and you could think, all right, I put it away forever. The special thing with social media and websites and continuing to share your story is that remains a part of your story. So you can pull it back out and bring it back to the present to talk about and showcase and share. So, you know, social media people are like, oh, I run out of ideas, I run out of content. Well, go back to the beginning of any of your content 
and share it again. Share what memory it brings up or how you feel about it. So I'm glad that you gave us that lead-in of how you felt about it as we share it again on social media. Well, I'm thinking about that. If you can't come up with original content for a couple of years worth of content, you're not leading a very exciting life, and you need to work on that, I would say. But if you can create a couple of years worth of interesting content, you're absolutely right. By the time you bring it back, it's, it's as good as it was originally. If you try to reuse the same content every three months, real quickly that's going to turn people off. But after a few years and they get to see some of that stuff again, it's pretty cool. And I do think that all of us in any business that we're in, there's a couple years worth of good content that you can talk about your business, you can talk about your company culture, about anything else, because it's always changing. And we could keep going on original content, which we do, but let's also recycle some of that that's really valuable. On the website tangent for a second, because I'm doing some website updating and you know, our content is great and people love our site, which we know because we just had a meeting um, where we were kind of refocusing what the brands are going to do this year and really what is the goal of Ask the Pool Guy and how do we continue in the moment helping people and being the advocate for the industry and then what do we see it growing into like over some time. So I was pulling up the website analytics, which I don't do on a regular basis. I used to be a little bit more in touch with it when we were doing more extensive website trainings. Then we took on this holistic marketing approach, which I like a lot better, mm -hmm. and it works. If you don't worry about the numbers and you just do the thing, everything grows, and then one day you go back and look at what the numbers are doing, and I was very pleasantly surprised at what our site is already doing. So then we were identifying some ways to just keep it growing. But one thing I definitely would caution you, if you think that you need to micromanage your numbers, or if every post that you put out, you feel good or bad based on how many likes it has, which is why, you know, a contest like we're in now, mm -hmm. it's fun and it's nice to have the recognition, it's nice to just be in the contest, yet human nature is always going to compare and measure. But just enjoy the experience and then celebrate even the small victories and it's all good things that add to your online brand. Well, I think when I was mentioning, mentioning the vulnerable part, vulnerability is not necessarily bad. No. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. But we know that growth happens through being uncomfortable. And as much as I want to run and hide when I'm feeling vulnerable, I also recognize that I'm growing by being vulnerable. And so seeing that post and it was kind of like, oh no, now I'm going to have to watch this. It, it, it's for seven days and every day I'm going to see it. It's going to come back across well, my you'll feed. You'll be sharing it every day too. Well, and, and what I, you know, I'm seeing this and what I realize is you're right. It's bringing attention to us anyway and it'll drive traffic to our website probably and things will happen there. And it's not about winning or losing because I, I've never, I'm a really competitive guy when it comes down to a sport, but I'm not a crush it and win at all costs kind of guy in any respect. Certainly not in business. I'll bow out 90% of the time if it has to be a head to head thing because that's just not my style. And, and I don't like it and I don't feel good about it. And as I've 
figured in my life and as we company culture have decided that we're going to love and enjoy this. And if I don't love and enjoy crushing the competition, why would I just do it for money? So the vulnerability part is a good, it's a good growth thing. Because really it's not, no matter what happens in that, it's not, it has nothing to do with my character and who I am. It was a contest having to do with, with a pool and a project, which we all are proud of, which turned out amazing, which the customer loves. And so why would it ever matter? And fortunately, that vulnerability teaches me to grow a little bit and express, be willing to express myself and know that when you stick your head above the crowd sometimes, you know, you get the, you get the tree branch in the face because everyone else is ducking under it. And that's okay because you can get over that. If you don't face it, you'll never have to get over it. But if you face it, you'll be able to get over it and move on to the next thing. And I, I just, it goes back to some gut programming, though, that, that feeling of, ugh. Now, I know deep down it takes that long for me to recognize it's all good, it's all okay. And, you know, and it's not intended to hurt anybody. And it's not, so immediately you, I, I can say, okay, it's fine. But initially on the inside, it's just kind of like, ugh. And then to hear that you had some insight to it, it doesn't surprise me at all, and yet horrifies me all at the same token that I didn't know what was coming and it, and it showed up. Well, I thought it might be happening, and I didn't know for sure, so I thought I well, would... With a smile on your face, I had, yeah, I'm pretty see. sure you had an idea. Yeah. Well, I thought oh. I'd wait and see. Mm -hmm. It's cool. And, you know, be surprised with everybody else. Well, on that note, I think we're going to switch gears. We are going to maybe keep the camera rolling. We're going to do some Facebook Live, and we are going to check out the Golden Retrievers because I really don't want their feet to get too cold. Okay, you get whatever going. I'll run and get the Golden Retriever.